Well, you know what time it is. We got the game out of the way. We took an L. Dallas, watch this film and get to the PFF grades with John Costco. First segment, we'll get into the defense. They got a lot of stuff to get into. They got Deion Jones. We'll talk to John about that accusation and see what he brings to the table for the Cleveland Browns defense. Uh, then we'll talk a little bit about the offense. Offense is, is trending in the right way. However, there are some areas they can get a little better. We'll talk about that. And then, and then finally, we'll get to uh, two or three things that, that Browns could really work on overall to get this ship righted uh, and get back into the, the winning phase of things against the New England Patriots. We'll do that all coming up on the next episode of the Locked on Browns podcast. You are locked on Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things to Oak Pound LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day, your hosts, Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd from the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Of course, the Barbershop 92.3, the fan pregame, postgame coverage for let's see, Browns, Buckeyes. Guardians, whatever. If you got an extra voice box laying around, lend it to our boy G. Bush for this week. My man gonna be tired. Yeah, I got to. But John Costello ain't got a voice either. He on about seventy five podcasts too. How many podcasts you got, dog? Seventy six of them. I, I I do I do uh, guest on on quite a few, but I also coach my boys in flag football on two different teams, and then I also coach high school football. So uh, I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit, which is weird. Yeah, those weekends will do it to you. Today's episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Guys, as everybody knows, Lockdown Browns, we appreciate all the support, whether it is on your uh, favorite podcast platform or, of course, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, uh, notifications on. So as soon as content drops, you guys are there to digest it. And, of course, now the Roku app. Locked on Cleveland Sports. You can find the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. You can find Locked on Browns, Locked on Guardians, Locked on Cavs. Check it all out. As always, appreciate everybody for the support on those fronts. Um, John, we got to get into this defense here. And this is the part that I think is mind-boggling. Because I think if we, we, we all go back to everything we talked about from the spring into the summer to finally getting the finality of what it was going to be for Deshaun Watson. The one thing that we thought was going to be is can this offense do enough to score because we think the defense is going to be able to do the job for at least the first four weeks, for at least maybe the first five weeks. There's going to be a week or two maybe where you blow a tire. But here we are again, and now it's two weeks in a row. And, I mean, when you get pushed around for over 450 yards on the ground two weeks in a row in the NFL, that's like your will, man. You're being manned over. You're just basically being – exasperated is it the players themselves and jacob phillips or jeremiah usukoromoa is it the defensive tackles that are getting pushed so far off the ball technically you really don't have the correct angle as a linebacker or a safety to come up and run pursue because that stuff's supposed to be three far yards north of you and you either go into the scrum where the ball is or you jet to the outside and chase after the ball carrier john what exactly is the issue because i tell you obviously g and i talked about this morning 
They went down to Atlanta, and I'm sure there was some conversation. Oh, hey, Deion Jones might be available. And I'm sure Andrew Barry and Nebraska talked about this all week and said, you want to know what? Sunday will be the ter- determining factor. Well, while everybody was doing press conferences, Andrew Barry said, hell with that. I'm going to get a veteran linebacker. Yeah, it's a combination of things, right? So, obviously, the defensive line is not good. Um, you're talking <laughs> – Tommy Togiai with a 28.9 grade for the season. Jordan season. Elliott. Season. Jordan Elliott, 30.2. Uh, and then Jacob Phillips, 36.0. So, you're ta- – and Perrion Winfrey, 47.9. He's a rookie. You're not really expecting a fourth-round rookie to, to being able to come in there. and. and Do those four line. numbers even add up to 100? Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's, it's bad. It's, it's off. They don't. And it's bad. And that's essentially the middle of the defense. And when the middle of the defense is that bad. And as you talk about going from, from Anthony Walker, who is grading at an 82.7 to a Jacob Phillips at that 36, that's a massive drop off. That's, that's significant. That's when you talk about playing defensive football, it's eliminating the weak links on your defense so that the offense can't just, hey, pick apart and just pick on that. Right now, the Browns have a lot of weak links on their defense. And their, their secondary is, is generally very good. I, I would say that, you know, Denzel Ward's not having a good year. Um, part of that, I think, is, is he's gotten hurt. There's been busts in coverage that he's been a part of and um, that, that type of stuff. But the thing is, is that you, you when you have a weak link on defense, offenses know it and they pick it. And when they, if you have multiple, it makes it so that you're a porous defense. Right now, they're the second worst run defense in the NFL. It's interesting to say that too because of how bad it's been for the Browns. But the Detroit Lions have been just a little bit worse from an, uh, you know, a, an efficiency standpoint of allowing big runs against an opponent. So it's it's partly, uh, you know, part of that is scheme. You can you can help out your your uh, you know weaknesses there, but es- essentially, it is on the players. You know, John, to me, I'm looking at it from, I'm I'm watching this and Jake Burns just put out a clip and he's, it's just Perry on Winfrey's just getting driven five yards into a linebacker, seven yards deep. I mean, I haven't seen defensive linemen get pancaked in a long time. I didn't think it pancakes existed anymore. I was like, ain't nobody nasty like that. No more. Do you watch White Teller? Yeah, well, besides him, he, he puts everybody on a milk box. What happened to him? What happened to that boy? Wyatt Teller was pulling. That's what happened. Let me give you this. I, I Not only, not only the guys that are, John Johnson in the secondary is terrible in the run game too. They miss a bunch of tackles. I don't understand the tackling and the thing that's getting me, gap integrity. When you're looking at these this film, it's hard for me to tell who, who what gap these guys are supposed to have because they're getting driven and washed out of the gaps in the run fits like I've never seen before. And I, that's a hyperbole, but I have not seen this in the NFL like this. Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, and I think we all we all knew that it was an issue going into the season. We've seen it. We saw it year one under you know Stefanski and, and Joe Woods, their defense at the uh, when the Raiders came into town, they kind of pushed them around. It was, it was, you know, an embarrassing look, um, but it wasn't a, a, like an overwhelming issue, I don't think. And I think be, the reason why is because the secondary was also weak that year. And then so they went out and fixed the secondary. The secondary was obviously a top five unit last year after they gelled and it took a few weeks to do that. Um, but then 
you you kind of saw more of the issues that, that that were popping up on the interior defensive line. They did have some veterans in there that that could hold down though, um, and that would help that. Now they don't have any veterans on that defensive line except for Taven Bryan, who's never shown anything in the NFL to to be a guy that you would say, hey, that's a veteran guy that we want to put in there in on the interior defensive line. So everybody knew that it was an issue. You're hoping they were hoping that these guys would develop. They haven't yet, and it's because. You know, maybe it's a coaching that's a coaching issue that they don't know how to develop defensive interior talent, um, you know, because it's not as if they were bad prospects, I'd say, coming out. And, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of guys that are drafted in the mid rounds don't don't pan out, but not a single one of these guys have panned out for them. So um, it is it's it's bad and it's obviously something that they need to address. Um, I think, you know, my dad would tell me all the time, he's like, are they going to sign in Dominic and Sue? It's like, probably not because they, they just don't value the position and they, they need to kind of, they need to figure it out because it's obviously an issue. It's a big issue. It's an absolutely large issue here. Locked on brass. Uh, we sit down for our PFF under the lens, Jeff Floyd, Garrett Bush, John Costco. We're going to go into the next segment here. John gave us a quick, brief scouting report. Uh, new linebacker Deion Jones. We got some thoughts here from the Browns offense yesterday against. <clears throat> I'm sorry, against yesterday uh, in the loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. Fall is chaos in your pants. You're overheating one second and freezing the next. To be ready for anything, you need underwear that can handle everything. It's time for Tommy John underwear. In Tommy John underwear, you are that much more comfortable so you can do everything better. Name a problem with other underwear, and Tommy John's solved it. Tommy John's breathable, lightweight fabric has four times the stretch of uh, competing brands. They come with a no-wedgie guarantee, thanks to a non-rolling waistband and legs that never ride up. Plus, they feature a horizontal quick-draw quick fly. Hammock pouch supports the awkward swing and slap getting everyone something to be grateful for. With our 17 million pairs sold, people love Tommy John underwear. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics. Look, you know, this time of year, stuff rides up. You always need your J-U-N-K in place. Plus, everything's backed with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guarantee. Go to TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn right now for 20% off your first order. 20% off at TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn. TommyJohn.com slash locked on. See the site for details. Welcome oh, back. I didn't to mention, guys, we have a new sponsor. Oh, we do have a new sponsor? Listen, maybe I can bring them over to Ultimate Finger <laughs> Sports Show. I need some of them sponsors. Y'all got like a thousand of them. These boys over locked on. Well, I guess I am part of locked on. I'll take it. Uh, two, <laughs> I almost gave out the telephone number 2165. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> we talking to John Costco. <laughs> Other Locked On Browns podcast. We talk yes, about um, our linebackers are terrible. Yes, we can't cover a cold. And yes, we can't tackle anybody. So let's go get some help. Uh, you get Deion Jones. Um, maybe, I, I don't know what he has still left in the tank. I know he was he has a shoulder injury. He's been able to, to you know, be athletic. Once, once upon a time, he was a pro bowler. Um, what does Deion Jones bring to the team? What is the PFF grades? And what is he about? Can he help the defense? Well, if he's healthy, he can be one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. Um, you know, in his first five seasons in the NFL, he didn't have a, a, a coverage grade below 70.6. Um, but then last year in 2021, he was a 33.6 and his numbers were like drastically lower last year compared to his previous years. 
I have to assume when you see something like that, he had an injury. Um, without even looking at the injury report, you don't you don't get like a, a guy who who sits here at this level and then all of a sudden it, it just drops off a cliff. Um, I, would have to, I assume that he, was, he had an injury last year. So his his strong suit is coverage. He's been very good at that. He's had two seasons above eighty two, um, and then on twenty seventeen he was a ninety one point seven. He was one of he was you know a top graded linebacker that year. So what you're not getting though from him is elite level run defense. He's not that he's not going to bring that to the table. Um, but the thing is, like, neither was Anthony Walker. Well, Anthony Walker was a veteran leadership predecessor that was on that defense that could get the team in probably the right positions um, and make sure everybody was on the same page for the most part, part. Because I think that is what is important when it comes to defense is, like, if you're not lined up, you don't know what the play call is, you know, you could look really bad every single time that you're, you're going to be there. He might have been a guy who, who was a corrector, um, though he was not – he was still not very – you know, you know, productive in terms of like making stops, um, being good in coverage. So I think Walker though provided that. Deion Jones can provide that same thing. It depends on how he can, he's going to mesh with this locker room and how he can how quickly he can uh, assimilate to this defense because they obviously need somebody better than than Jacob Phillips out there who um, it just he he just isn't it right now. He just can't he's he can't lock it down at that Mike uh, Backer position. So he should be able to provide. Uh, elite level coverage at the linebacker position. And that is going to be very important. I would say this kind of reminds me, John, a little bit of the guy was here the last two years and there were times where there were injuries. He played a ton. And then there were times we were questioning why he didn't play. And that was Malcolm Smith. So I think Deion Jones is a little bit more player like that. A guy who still got some athleticism to him. Uh, always been a little bit of a smaller linebacker. So yeah, there are going to be times that runs where you know, he might get taken for a ride. But I think, you know, as you said, the key here is, you know, Obviously, as this team's coming off the field, I think what they're saying is the communication that's coming from these linebackers is not making a difference. It's not making a difference because it doesn't seem like anybody's on page anyway. And then when you start to get the ball rammed down your throat, you just try to guess or you're over aggressive to try to make a play in the backfield to warn for the fact that you're just getting dragged everywhere. So, but now with that, look, the offense, and this is what we're talking about today. Look, right now, between Nick Chubb, uh, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, David Najoku, you've got three individual players here on pace for 4,000 total yards. Is it sustainable? Maybe not Nick. It's certainly possible the other two could because the Browns are going to have to throw the ball a lot here. Um, but this unit as a whole here, John, because, I, again, I just keep wanting to pounding my head into the table because I just can't sit here and believe that this team is scoring the way they are um, and having such a difficult time in these games due to the defense because I think overall – if we look at everything the offense has done to this point, I think we all would have signed up for this in a heartbeat. Yeah. And it's, it's obviously they they're being efficient with uh, down to down drive to drive efficiency. Uh, for the most part, there are specific instances where things fall apart. Obviously game ending situations this past weekend was a big example of that, where you got to the 35 yard line and then basically kind of mailed it in. Um, and you still had about a minute left to, to go. You, you don't need, you don't call run play on first down. Um, that obviously bleeds a, a lot of the clock. And then they, they were not ready for that drive. They were not ready for that opportunity whatsoever. Well, so they got, to, they got to that, that, they got the first down off that second down, right? So you're now in the field goal range, but you still need, you can't be settling for 50 yard field goals. If, if anything right there, you still don't know what to do in that situation clock the ball the worst thing you can do is is call a run play that like that 
uh, that's going to is going to bleed clock. You want us you, you, time is what you're valuable to, is there. And if you get, you can get, Hey, let's get in the right pass play right now. Instead of going, Oh, we just ran a run play. Now we've, we've burned 20 seconds off the clock. We now have to hurry up and then call some sort of play here. I'm going to take a deep shot and that that ruins it. Now you're at third down and you're in a, you're in a situation where it's like, okay, we got to throw it to the sideline, you know, make a quick hitter and hopefully we get it. And if we don't, then, you know, we, we'll have a 54 yard field goal. It's like, that that's the situation there where the, the the sequence of plays didn't add up, and that's where like I tweeted out, and I've, I've gotten a lot of hate from people that Stefanski is actively losing games with his play calling. That's what I mean in that situation. That situation right there, you need to be a lot better, and you need to be on, you need to be on your A game when you're calling plays in that situation. Same thing kind of happened down in the red zone inside the five, their first drive for the Browns against the Falcons last week. They needed to call better plays. The same thing happened in the end game situation against the Falcons. Same thing against the, um, you know, in week and what was it the the second the, the Jets game the second week where they play calling kind of left them down and also obviously execution is an issue there too. Obviously Jacoby Brissett can't be throwing interceptions in end game situations. All of that is combined, right? But like as a play caller head coach, you've got to be better in that situation. Ninety eight percent of the other time. He's been great. I think you talk about like obviously Nick Chubb is having a phenomenal season. He's you know on on pay. He's like you know trucking to go towards that two thousand yard mark. He might probably not going to get there, but he's definitely on pace for fifteen hundred. And I think it's it's just you got to be obviously it's hard to be perfect every single time, um, especially you have a backup quarterback. You have to kind of be perfect in that situation. Let me ask you this, John. Um... In that situation where where he's on the goal line, and, and this is the play where Jacoby Brissett throws the interception, it, it I know that we seem counterproductive, and you know these guys are adults and they're grown, and he Jacoby Brissett is a veteran, and he should know that. But doesn't it wouldn't it be wouldn't it be advantageous to say, hey, look, just just explaining the situation. Hey, we're down here. We got three, Jacoby. What if it ain't there? Throw it in Lake Erie. Like just reminding them of of the down distance, what it needs to be, because I don't think no. There's too many times where these things happen in the fourth quarter, where I don't think people are gathering people and saying, "Hey, this is the circumstances. Understand it, so you know it's it's front of mind. I can't throw that." Yeah, I you know I don't know if he says it to him in those moments or not. You you'd hope that they kind of do, or they at least talk about it beforehand. And Jacoby Perception needs to know that as well. Like he, in that moment, like I think everybody and their mom said, run for it. Yes. Like it was wide open. Everybody saw it. Every, you know, everybody knew it. Uh, he runs for it. He's at least getting the first down, if not the touchdown. They've already, he's the receivers already blocking for him. And if you don't even get the first down, you still can still have a chance to either a go for it on fourth down if you wanted to, or, kick the field goal and take the lead in that point, that situation. So it's, I mean, that's a, that's for me is a hundred percent Jacoby percent. Like I'm not blaming Stefanski for that boneheaded no. play. That's about no. as bad as it gets when it comes to a quarterback. Yes. Like you've played quarterback position for your whole life. You should, you should be a lot better in that type of moment. Um, it's essentially what it is for him. I, I, I put a tweet out today with that picture 
Uh, the still of it. And, you know, one of the nice responses I've got was Jacoby. Jacoby is now the host of Locked on Amari Cooper. So, which turned into the, <laughs> yeah, right. I, look, for whoever it was, take your credit, take your bow. Cause that was, that was equality. Sometimes yeah, I, mean, I, I gotta be honest on a day like today. I do not look at many responses though. I came across that one and I was like, all right, that's good. See, now that was good. That was I like really that good. One. Jeff Lloyd, John Costco, PFF. Uh, Brown's got some work to do. Got some taker to do. Got to take this sucker in the garage, see what they can do. John Costco is going to offer us up some ideas here on what they can do to hopefully right the ship. And, uh, you know, if anybody thought this week was tough against the Chargers, do you remember what happened last year when they faced the Patriots? Because not only did you lose a ball game, you got your butts beat in, and it basically derailed the rest of the season because that is when all the disharmony came to the surface. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB. We're not talking about that. MMA boxing, and golf, head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to... Lost, didn't they? Yeah, the, a, welcome, welcome, back to, welcome back to the Locked On Mets podcast. <laughs> 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 what, what happened at now, Blade? The Padres happened. The boys was hitting them bombs. These guys, boy. They got a lineup. They paid for it. They they, they paid they they payrolls ninety seven billion, but they got what they paid for the wild card. So, but you can join the bandwagon. Go ahead and get on with these guardians. Get on with the guardians, uh, John. Yeah, I like how you brought that up. There is some things the offense can work on. You know, situational football in the fourth quarter they are lacking. Um, they do, they do sometimes, uh, there's a lack for, for all of the yards that Nick Chubb is, is, is going to get, or it looks like he's going to hit. It still seems like he's on some of the imaginary pitch count. I mean, this dude had nine carries for like 120 in the first quarter, first half. And then, then he just didn't see it. I, sometimes the game dictates that, but what are some areas you think that the Browns can work on in order to kind of, you know, Finish this thing in the fourth quarter, especially on on the defensive end of the football. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's most of it is defense, right? Like, I know that they scored on a two, you know fourteen points in the first two drives, and then over the next eight drives, only scored twice. Um, you're not gonna, I mean, you're not gonna score on every single drive you you have the ball, but I think obviously, you know, you can't miss your kicks, which you know, Cade York has to get, get that figured out, um, and then you have to you have to be able to not get yourself behind the chains when it, from a, an offensive play calling standpoint, but like you're talking about coming this, this coming weekend against the Patriots and you, we, you know, you alluded to it, how they got their, their basically the, their, you know, what's kicked last year. And it just was a spiral that started everything. I mean, what Bill Belichick does is stop what you're good at. The Browns are obviously good at running the football. And if you look at last year, I mean, Nick Chubb didn't really have all that much success on the ground. Um, you know, their average EPA per play was, was you know, the, one of the worst of the season that the Browns had. And while, on the other hand, the Patriots knew exactly how to defeat the Browns, which was ram it down their throats, and then Mac Jones also had a phenomenal game. So it was, it was a masterclass from a, from, a you know, a coach that knows exactly what to do to, to take away your strengths 
and force you into situations that you're you're not good at. So now it's, it'll be interesting to see how Kevin Savancy can can counter that because I'm going to assume in this game that the Browns running game is not going to be very effective. Um, and they're, Jacoby Brissett's going to have to be good uh, through the air initially to get the running game going. So if they if he can be effective early in the game on early down throws to get the Patriots on their heels, it'll open up those lanes for the Browns. And if you remember in this past game, yeah, the, the running game was there for the Browns in the first quarter, but then it kind of went away. And it wasn't because they weren't trying to run the ball. Is The Chargers were actively trying to stop that. And it wasn't until – you know, late in the second quarter, you know, and also the uh, the third quarter when Jacob Brissett was starting to deal that it opened up the running the running game for the Browns. So, that, I mean, that's essentially for me, Jacoby Brissett has to be on this game, um, and they're gonna a they're gonna stop the running game and they're gonna they're gonna take away Amari Cooper. And if you if if you can find obviously in Joku Donovan Peoples Jones, maybe start getting David Bell in, involved um, because he's a reliable receiver that can help in this situation. But from a defensive standpoint, like you've got to figure out how to stop the run. I mean, you have to, because that's what, that's what new England does. Well is just attack what you're bad at. And they're going to be doing it all game long. Well, anytime Mac Jones can get a reference from John Costco, John Costco was not going to help himself. Folks, that was going to happen Um, with Mac Jones, most likely out. And this is where it's crazy for new England right now, John, because most likely Mac Jones will not play the next, next week. It'll be great. uh, Zappy one more time. As their third quarterback, this team still ran 176 yards yesterday, five yards a pop with a rookie quarterback. And basically everybody know they wanted to commit to the run. Now, this is a team who can run the football coming into this game, as do a team we just played who couldn't. And now all of a sudden they look like Oklahoma under the Switzer regime as far as running the ball, the Chargers. Now you have a team that can. What are the realistic chances you can kind of turn this around, A, or B, do you try something different? Remember two years ago in Tennessee, they went down there. They kind of went a little five-man defensive line. They wanted to get Henry out of the game early, and you know it worked that day. They were able to slow down Henry. They were able to put up a ton of points, basically put Tennessee in the point you know, at the point of the game where they just had to chase the entire time. Like, what exactly do you do here? Because it can't be just a question that you know Deion Jones is going to come in here and save the day. You got to look at it and think of it as. Whatever we're doing, it's not working. We got to try something different. Yeah, I think w- one of the things too that the Browns do is is Clowney and Garrett line up pretty wide in their sets, and they're always looking to rush the passer. And I think in this one, you just basically say, "Hey, secondary, they don't have, they're not great in their receiving core. You guys got to be able to lock it down because we're not going to be actively trying to rush the passer. We've got to start stopping the run with our our front four. Um, so I think you, you do that, you bring those guys in a little bit tighter, um, and it allows, you know, you know, just commit more to the run. Maybe like you t- talk about having a five man line that will help as well. Cause it's not something that the Browns do on a, on a regular basis. So providing something different for them to, Hey, we're, we're going to overcommit to this. I mean, you're not, you're not scared of Bailey Zappi or Zapp or whatever, however you know, his last name's pronounced throwing the ball on you. Josh My- like- Myers doesn't kill me. Yeah. Jacoby Myers is a, I mean, he's a solid slot receiver. Devontae Parker is a slot, solid wide receiver. Hunter Henry's a solid, you know, tight end, but like he's getting the ball from Bailey Zappi or, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's, 
the difference, right? <laughs> so like, even funny saying his name, bro. <laughs> right. I mean, he he threw well, he threw like sixty three touchdowns in college football last year for Western Kentucky, but that's for Western Kentucky against a bunch of you know future delivery truck drivers. So, like he's not he's not the world breaker type dude. I, you know, he doesn't have a very good arm at all. So. Like you don't, I think this is a game where like from the Browns perspective, like they, they're always trying to stop the pass first and then the run second. And I think in this one, you can go, Hey, we're going to stop the run first and trust our secondary that we paid big time money to, to be able to make some plays in, in secondary and man, you know, man to man or just not having to overcommit to, to the pass. Yeah, I, I think they, they got it. Whatever they do, whatever they're doing isn't, isn't working. Um, I think you brought up a brilliant point about when you watch those guys. Uh, Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett are almost out in wide nines. They're just wide out there trying to rush the passer. But it's so much room inside to, to maneuver. And you got defensive tackles that are getting double teamed in the linebackers. It's just, you know, I, I was asking myself, is there a six-man box? Do they have an eight-man box anytime in Joe Woods defense? Because it does. It seems like all they got is nickel, big nickel, little nickel, uh, nickel three three five. Uh, like I'm just like, do you have anything where you could put like some guys to stop the run? Because it just automatically looks like they're just so involved in trying. Uh, you know, to stop the run and some stop the pass. Sometimes the run just, you know, it looks like they have no answer for it. No, nah, I mean, it, they essentially don't have the the manpower to do what they, how they want to do it up front. So I think it's a, um, they, they need to do something different schematically to help those guys up front, which, you know, blow, maybe put more in the box, maybe put more on the line of scrimmage to, to confuse the looks. Maybe, you know, they're, they're obviously an even front defense, maybe start playing some odd front to kind of confuse you know, confused offensive line in a sense. So, you know, do do a few different things on uh, with your your fronts there to to confuse confuse them up. Plus, you start maybe bringing in Miles in and Jadavian in a little closer with their shade. You open up maybe stunts, twists, possibilities. Look at this point. If you're Joe Woods, you know we're to the point now where guys are losing jobs in the NFL. Joe Woods ain't no idiot. He's been around this league for a long, long time. He's got to understand. Well, let's see. Uh, I had a top five defense last year. We're about thirty now. You ain't going to go find new 11, 11 new guys in October, but you can maybe have somebody else call the defensive plays. So it'll be interesting to see. Browns certainly got a lot of work on the do on the defensive side of the ball. John Costco from PFF comes in every week. We sit down. We have some laughs. We have more laughs when we win. No, certainly when we lose. Uh, but we do appreciate John contributing his time over here. Make sure you follow all John's work at John Costco 3. Garrett Bush, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, Monday through Friday, 11 to 1. Going to be a big week over there. A lot of topics for the crew over there. Cleveland Sports Show, the Barbershop, post-game coverage, Browns, Guardians, Buckeyes. Make sure you're checking everything out. Make sure you're following Garrett at GBush91. Myself, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Lockdown Browns, follow back account. Appreciate everybody that makes Lockdown Browns their first listen, whether it is on your favorite podcast platform, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, notifications on, and check out the Roku app, Lockdown Cleveland Sports. You have your choice of all four shows here under the Tegna Lockdown lens to uh, basically feast for you every single day. Tough week uh, for the Browns. Tough week ahead as the Patriots come into Cleveland. We'll cover it all for you. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB. On ELOB, let's go Browns.